0: Well, hey, hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. However you found us, we're so glad you're here as we get behind the scenes with the Pursuit Spirits brand. I'm your host, Brian Bikey, and joining me, we have Ryan and Kenny. How's it going, you all? Hey, Brian. It's just great, you know? Life's good. (laughs) (laughs) It is great. It wasn't... All that long ago. So, last time, I think at the beginning of the show, we talked about how we just got done with the bottling run. But I didn't get a chance to try the product then. But the other day, we got a chance to connect with each other. And I finally got to try the new bottling of the Oak Collection. And my, 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 that is tasty. Yes. it's uh, We're
1: very happy with it. Obviously, we're biased. See how, like, static he sounds? It's just, you can just feel, like, just the... The exuberance coming out of his voice—it's just flowing
2: through the microphones. Who, hey, Brian or Ryan? <laughs> no, Ryan. Oh, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you to sound excited about what you're putting out, man. I know. I'm trying to be humble because probably yes, it is really great. It's the
0: best whiskey I've ever blended <laughs> in my life. You should try it. No, it is really no. Good. I don't. Hey, I I feel like I hear you always excitedly talk about the products. I actually want to quickly hear, I want to hear what Kenny thinks about the product, and then I'll come back to Ryan, because you're excited here on the line, but I don't feel like, I feel like I don't often get to hear your thoughts on the Oak Collection, and this one's different tasting i think than the first version so i'd actually be curious to hear kenny first and then jump back over to ryan and then we can you know pat you on the back for for it because spoiler alert it's it's good thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about their whiskey
2: once in a while i always feel like i'm talking about spreadsheets what but he always on this show he's always like let me take this one first every, i'm like you're always talking the first I'm to the talk. st- I'm the, I, can, I can tell a story every once in a while yeah yeah
1: but it was, it was one of those things, yes, as Brian mentioned, yeah, this one's going to be slightly different, but actually better in a way. And this is really just for you all that listen to the show or people that actually pay attention to it or have been to a Guiding Tasting with us, because you would know that the original version of the O Collection bourbon, we started with our Tennessee component, but we didn't have any Kentucky. And that's when we utilized these... These handful of 36% MGP barrels that we had sitting around, plus a Finger Lakes, not the weeded, but instead it was a rye bourbon with cherry smoked barley. So the United blend is not even the same. It's not even, it's completely different animal from the flagship. And when Ryan started playing with this thing, it was like, how do we tame this down? Because man, those 36% MGP barrels, it's, there's some, there's a, it's a spicy meatball. So that's when being able to bring in all those different toasted variations into it really started playing well, but going into the next round, it was kind of those things. It's like, is this going to translate? Is this going to work well if we take like a, a completely different blend, but we take the same exact finishing process to it. And by and large, I mean, when we did this, the, the nose was the same exact. I couldn't tell a difference in the nose. It was the completely the same. However, the taste, in my opinion, is a lot better, it's a little more rounded, it's not as sharp, doesn't bite as hard. And so that's what I'm excited about. Uh, that's just one of things that I'm really excited about our product line moving forward is that we are we are softening out a lot of these things because we pack a lot of punch with 108 proof with our whiskeys. And I think that when we have a, an approachable whiskey at 108 proof, it doesn't drink like that. It drinks well below there. And so we're competing with people that are in the 95 to 100 proof range. That's what people are like. Oh, that's my sweet spot. But when we say it's 108, they go, "Whoa, didn't see that one coming." So I'm excited for able to have that, and honestly, I'm also excited just because we can get more product back on the market. Because in Kentucky, we've been sold out. In Missouri, we've been sold out. So now we're starting to be able to see a little bit more uh, pull through on the shelves. So I'm glad that people are liking it, they're enjoying it, and we can just get this back into the hands of more consumers out there
2: you know the the french and american oak worked well with the mgp because it was geared to kind of tame down that spice but when we're going back to the you know the flagship united blend it's not as i mean it's still bold and spicy but it's definitely a more sweeter approachable blend and so when i kind of made that when i was experimenting with this you know i had to really be careful in the barrel selection of picking the exact barrels that would stand up to that that the wood finishing part of it. Cause you, you need some whiskeys that have some big, bold flavors too, that will kind of stand up to that wood. So, uh, it, it was much more, I got to be more hands-on on like, I wasn't like strapped to a set select barrels out. I, I was able to pick and choose which barrels for this. So it was, it was nice as a creative type to go through, taste everything and pick the exact barrels I could use in this expression. And I feel like it'll show in this one as well. It's, I was really pleased I kind of lost sleep over this because we kind of got not that we got lucky with the first one it just kind of because we did a lot of experiments but it just happened to work out but this one was more intentional and i was glad that uh we were it was the the whiskey came out the way it did i'm
0: very pleased with it yeah i think they're really interesting products uh batch to batch and again i don't really remember where we landed on if if the consumer base that's going to be listening to this podcast is the batch hunter versus the not batch hunter but the the first one that that rolled out you know comparatively to the flagship product i thought hey it takes kind of the same flavor that that you're looking for it maybe bumps up the spice a little bit but the finishing adds a bit more depth to the overall profile thought that was really nice and this one is just kind of different i don't i think it trades in depth for just an overall really balanced and enjoyable and sweet toned poor people who really liked the batch two of the flagship, I would say are really going to be uh, in love with this particular one. So I'm excited to see it get out to the, the hands of people here, hopefully in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. Going from last week's episode. So last week's episode, we were kind of unpacking this midlife crisis of does the, <laughs> it really did the, like a midlife crisis. Didn't it? Does the concept of pursuit, and in the Pursuit United specifically matter to the consumer? Do they understand what's going on? Is it a breakdown in how we communicate to help them understand what's going on? And we had opened that up to feedback like we do within all our shows. And man, we got a lot of it back. So it was awesome hearing from, from so many people uh, Either message of encouragement or even just kind of chiming in on their thoughts about the concept. And so we just figured we'd take a little bit of time while it's fresh to kind of unpack some of that stuff and and, and tell you all that the guys are okay. They're okay. <laughs> we're, we're, gonna, still here. we're gonna make it. Uh but yeah, there was there was even a lot of encouragement of people in other businesses, other industries, other areas, you know, that they've they're in a similar place about building a business and and being in a stage kind of like this. And in all types of stuff. So I figured I'll throw it back out to you guys just to say, hey, what, you know, what were some things that came from that that were either uh, more encouraging than others? What are some, some thoughts that you, that you drew from that, the follow up that you heard from some of the folks?
2: Can't thank our audience enough for, I was surprised by all the feedback and sorry. It felt like a therapy session, sulking session for us. That, that wasn't our intention and we weren't trying to like, um, I guess my, my whole thing was was like, we did believe in the concept to just like, are we idiots for believing in the concept? <laughs> and I guess all the feedback suggests that we're on the right path and we need to keep doing what we do. And I, all the comments and feedback that really just kind of reinvigorated myself. And I know Kenny too, I'm speaking for him, but I'm sure he would agree that just kind of reinvigorate us and kind of realigned us to what our original intentions and focus was. Because when you're in this, entrepreneurial roller coaster and i've been through this several times but and by god you'd think i would get better at it you know the fourth time around but it's just you're you're working so hard and trying to build a dream and vision and doing all these things and sometimes when you kind of hit a wall and traction's not happening you, you immediately get into like fix it mode and like trying to fix things and where sometimes it's best to just leave it alone and you get discouraged but you're you're just searching for something to like get you push you over that feeling of I'm not worthy or we're not good enough or this or that. And I think it it was just refreshing that we just gotta keep doing what we do best. That's putting out a quality product. I do think, you know, we learned that we still need to tidy up our message because our story is a little bit it's a fascinating one and one that resonates. We just need to do a better job of communicating that to folks and simplifying it to where they understand it because A lot of people don't understand sourced whiskey or that even there is sourced whiskey and whatnot. And so we need to approach our product from a very basic level at first and then get people more in-depth as they want to as a customer, I guess. That's what I kind of got from this.
1: I'm going through, you know, as you were saying that, I I tried my best to try and kind of start digging through some emails because I want to just say, I want to give a shout out to a few people because these are the people that actually sent us messages. So I want to say, first off, thank you to Timothy Silver, Andrew Martin, Kevin Barber, Sean York, Bill Moeller, Robert Fowler, John Gannon. I even got a phone call from one of our distributors out in New Mexico, Luke Otero.
2: Yeah, he called me too. Yeah,
1: and it's like, and and I know I didn't even get everybody there because that's what I could scroll through my email so fast. But I mean, every single one of you all sent us an email saying, like, no, like what you're doing is different. Like this is great. This is a breath of fresh air. This is what this is what whiskey needs right now. This is why you all stand out and other people don't. And it's and as Ryan said earlier, you know, I, I think we got in this sort of like frustrating moment when you start comparing yourself to everybody else. And you're like, man, these brands are doing so much better than us because they took, they took the playbook and went with it. And we didn't do that. And it becomes a little frustrating and disheartening when you don't get to see that same level of success happen so quickly. And I think that's one of the things that we look at ourselves and we go, gosh, like how do we get there? And and Ryan's always been one to kind of put me in my place too, because we have to look at Buffalo Trace as a great example, as a victim of their own success. And we we'll go, they're doing so great. And then Ryan goes, yeah, remember, it took them 100 years to get to this point. So we have to we have to remember that. And, and we have to continue with our mission. And I think that's been one of the greatest things. And thank you, everybody that had sent us messages. Because we did. I mean, not to say we had doubts. And we weren't going to stop doing the mission. But it was really good just to kind of hear from an outside in because Ryan and I, and and Brian included, we're on a text message thread and we get kind of this trapped in this bubble of just us and all of our thoughts and whether they're good emotions or bad emotions and just trying to figure out, is this working? Or are we doing the right thing? And when we don't have that outside influence, we we get trapped and we think that we're, we need to pivot. And that is why we're so fortunate to have our community, uh, podcast listeners, Patreon, our, all of our ambassadors to be able to lean on and be able to have that 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 extra voice that we can we can use to say, okay, well, maybe there is something we're doing right here because you all are and you all are the people that we need to talk to because not only you're the customers, but you're our advocates. And so what are we doing that we can help amplify that message and how can you help influence that at the same exact time? Because when it's just Ryan and I trying to figure this out, man, we we go in 50 different directions and we don't la- we don't land on anything. I mean, it's it's we've done this time and time again where we try to figure out our story like are we podcasters? Are we blenders? Are we doing something different? Are we just more the same? Like what is it? Like what is it? And so by doing that, we're we're leaning on you all and we're getting the the bullet points of what sticks and how we can help narrow down that story. So again, thank you to everybody that kind of wrote those those messages because it is the words of affirmation that we do need to make sure that we're not just, you know, screaming into a, you know, a forest or, you know, nobody's listening or a black box, I don't know what the right analogy is here, but you know, you you're just making sure that whatever you're doing is actually resonating. And I'm glad it is. I mean, it's, it is a breath of fresh air to have people come back and say that. And, and I, I couldn't dig it up, but there was one person that did challenge us and said, so what does make you different than widow Jane or old elk or any of those? And that was a good question. I was like one of those things. It's like, yeah, we could answer that, but it's, our answer's too long. And so it's very got to, technical, <laughs> yeah, and exactly, and, and that we've got to and we've got to fix that. And those are those great questions of trying to figure out, well, how do we how do we change that? Because we need to make sure that we uh, portray ourselves in that that limelight. Because that was I, how many episodes was it ago that we said, hey, how can we boil down our story into like three bullet points or whatever mm-hmm. it was? We still haven't freaking done that yet. So it's like we we, we tried. <laughs> I think we're down to like. 20. <laughs> yeah, we're getting closer. We've narrowed it down from 50 to 20. But that's that's exactly what we need and it's been good. So I again, thank you once again from Ryan and I as well as Brian. Brian got to see yep. a lot of those those messages just to see exactly what you all are thinking and I'm glad it it is resonating. So we're going to we're not going to stop doing what we're doing. I think we do have a unique concept and a unique process unique story we've just got to work on delivering that and hopefully that that message will amplify Uh, i I want to also give a shout out to luke who's our distributor in new mexico and 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 this is what i think really stuck well with me when i talked to him he goes you know my i think he said like 25 years of doing this business he goes you see brands come and go but you see brands do the same exact thing as somebody else those are the ones that are going to go. The ones that stick around are the ones that are doing different. They're the ones that are trying to change things. So there's the ones that are trying to be a little bit of movers and shakers. And so those are the ones going to stand the test of time. And he feels that we're one of those brands that will be able to do that. So that gave me a little bit of a little bit of goosebumps. And so I'm, you know, forever grateful and thankful to hear something like
0: that too. Now let's just see if that actually plays out. (laughs) yeah one of the things that i like the most i was going to make a mention to that same one that you mentioned about you know how you all are different in, in terms of that kind of challenge and and not in a negative way i mean that's really good those are the kind of things that we have to wrestle with and we've even talked about that on a podcast before you know there's i think and and i'll Mention it here, but again, we can unpack it another time. I even personally think there's a lot of confusion about what makes a non-distilling producer versus someone who's contract distilling, and I feel like there's some blurred lines in there a little bit. And one, it's like we're kind of like, no, 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 and the other one's like, oh yeah, look, they're doing something a little different, and but it's hard. For the general public to understand what's what's different there, but another one that came from the email that Mike had mentioned that I that I just kind of thought was an interesting thing. I I'm throwing it out here just so other people can potentially chime in. Podcast at PursuitSpirits.com with their thoughts. He was mentioning because he's an ambassador, and from people's reaction to either the price or like what he's sharing, he mentioned that he's put uh, bigger labels, bigger names up against pursuit, and that. Pursuit always seems to be the winner. And then when people seem to cringe at the price point, it tells them that they're not interested in uh, a unique whiskey experience, they're looking for a cheap buzz, if they're you know kind of headed straight towards Evan uh, Williams Black or, or something like that. But then if people cringe at the price point yet defend something higher, we mentioned that a little bit last time, You know why our distributors have an issue with our price point if there's also things on the shelf for more expensive. He was mentioning things like that It helps he can kind of tell that those people aren't necessarily also on a different end looking for a solid whiskey experience. They're just going after it because those are the things that are talked about. Now, we're trying to thread the middle, though, because we want to provide a unique experience. But I think the end goal is we also want people to talk about us, it. so it's like, <laughs> eh, we we kind of want to get into that camp too. So, but it, again, that's just something that he's able to see on the front lines as somebody who is you know doing some of the ambassador tastings with multiple people in various stores and being able to get some of that that feedback back to us. For sure, At, yeah.
1: Shout out to Mike. Mike's out of Kansas City. He's uh, one of our rock star ambassadors. He knocks out all kinds of tastings. He even did one. Uh, I'll I'll even say it out there. He did a. Uh, it was a blind competition at McAdoodles out there, and they put Pursuit United Bourbon against E.H. Taylor, completely blind, and had people come in and sample one of them. And out of, I think it was like the 40 or so samples, Pursuit United lost by one. We It was literally a, like a, almost a 50-50 split. And that just goes to show you that you know, you remove a label, you remove a name, like we can hold our own. And, you know, he's, he's definitely a champion of us. And, I, and I, I love to be able to see that. And The other thing is those ambassadors, they're, they're at the front line, so they get to see it. And, and those are the, that's the feedback we need because they're the ones interfacing with way more customers than we can. Ryan and I have been a two man team. We can go out there, we can do it. We can do some tastings, we can get in front of some, some groups, but they're the ones that are, are really the ones that can take a lot of the customer feedback. And, I'd say this to our our ambassadors all the time because we've been doing a lot of a lot of tastings where there'll also be a flavored whiskey that's also being featured as a tasting. And it's like, yeah, it's their, you know, twenty-five dollar orange cream bourbon banana, whatever it is. And they're like, Yeah, they didn't even like come to my table after they tasted that. I'm like, don't get discouraged. Those aren't our people. Don't even worry about it. If people are going and buying a $25 of that or $25 bottle of that. Let them do it. Don't even worry about it because they're not our people. And if we don't make the sale, that's fine. Because if people are going, you know, they're buying that, then that's, you know, whatever. Um, Back to the whole, you know, how do we bridge the gap of being hype versus being available versus being a a whiskey experience? Yeah, I mean, don't be wrong. We kind of want to be a little bit on the hype train, but we know that we're not there yet. It would have been... It would have maybe been a smarter decision for us to come out with a bunch of 12-year-old age statements of the same product that everybody else had when that first started. But again, that's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to be different. That would have put us probably on the map a little bit earlier. Uh, it's worked well for a lot of different brands. Um, and The same exact thing continues to go for a lot of the hype. I mean, gosh, how many... There's, don't be wrong. There's a lot of good bourbons that are still over $100, would we have been in a better position if we would have priced ours at $100 instead of 65 I don't know. Maybe, because it's all about perceived value. And that's what people want to assume. Nobody sits there and questions a $100 bottle that doesn't have an age statement on it. Nobody goes, oh, you got to tell me what's the mash bill, what's inside here? It's a bunch of mystery juice. That's what a lot of it is. But nobody seems to question it. And so that's one of those things. It's like you could have questioned it. You could have gone that way. We could have, we could have priced it to the point where you th- you believe it's that. But we wanted to become at a, at a little bit more of a median price because that's where we felt that we could compete better and we had a better opportunity
2: to grow this into a larger brand. There was your friend Kenny or someone you know that said like. She's just start a bourbon brand called 15 year. No, yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> was it, it was,
1: it was skew on, on Twitter. He was like, you should just, he didn't say it to me. He just put it out there. He's like, if I start a brand, I'm just going to call it 15 year. And it, you know, you can put three year whiskey in it, but it's called
2: 15 year bourbon. Yeah. Cause you'll see some products out there that just have like that age or not even, it's not even age. It's just a, just number, a number on the bottle, but it like resonates with people that that's the age or whatever, but it's funny, but it, yeah, it, it's, That's what's so fascinating is that what we found through, you know, all the feedback and talking to ambassadors is like, there's like 20 different things that connect with consumers, you know, and it's like, but it's hard to like be all those things. And so like, how do you figure out what are the few things that connect the most or resonate the most? And like, you know, somebody told me that's in the industry too. They're like, when someone walks in the store, if your product, A, is a bourbon. (laughs) you're eliminating like 60 to 70% of the customers. And if your product's over a hundred proof, you're basically reducing the market size another 15%. (laughs) And so like you're left with only like, you know, 10% of the customers coming in that are even like remotely interested in your, in that your category and that proof point and that price point. And so, you know, we're hitting a niche, like we've always talked about a niche market. So it's like, we're kind of with these, with our approach, you know, in the three-tier system, the way it's set up, you kind of have to do the shotgun approach, you know, to everyone, even though they're not interested. And you're just hoping a few pellets hit the people that you're really trying to find. And then those few pellets turn into more pellets, I guess, after a while. It's like needles in a haystack, I guess. Um, that's the that's the hard part about the uh, three-tier system, because you you're, you're not going directly to the people that are interested. You're kind of just in a marketplace that's huge, that has wide taste, wide price range, uh, wide varieties that they like. So that's it's a interesting thing. Like Whereas I can be like, with my lawn care company, I can be like, well, I, I have this data and I know like, okay, I can get certain household income in this part of town and know that this makes many people are going to buy that. And I can specifically target those households to buy my product. You can't really do that in alcohol. It's very difficult. Um, you you can do it on social media, you know, to but that doesn't lead to like direct sale right there because most time you're just like building brand awareness and whatnot. Whereas other industries and other services, you can really like direct your targeted advertising and and track sales that way. So it's it's a fascinating uh, industry where you're you got this really long sales funnel. And I know I'm rambling on here, but this is this. Interesting thing is like where you got to get people to taste your product, but see your label, remember your label, and that the next time when they're going to the bourbon and they want this at a price range that they'll see yours and buy it. You know, so interesting. A lot to unpack there. We'll have to have a whole episode about the sales funnel and the cycle of
0: what it takes to be able to get that to happen. Yeah. It's a it's a very long, deep, deep funnel. This may be pokes in a slightly different way, uh, but you know it might be an interesting thing to kind of hear your all's thoughts are in this so one of the the pieces of feedback that we got and it's something that i feel like i talk with you all about a little bit but i don't press too too hard because you know at this this current stage and when we're talking about the brand you know obviously so much of the the success and and the customer base probably even for in the ambassador program for pursuit spirits has come from bourbon pursuit and we've talked about hey you know how much do we lean into bourbon pursuit how much do we make sure that's part of the story and you know even you know one of the the pieces of feedback we got from bill here it you know he prods on that a little bit and he says you know the bourbon pursuit podcast is one of the you know most respected podcasts in the industry and he you know has a little caution point here about not diluting that brand by pushing United too much on there so it's not it's not exactly uh the same thing as what i was mentioning but but it is a little bit you know what what are your all's thoughts you know as the brand's growing and as it's got some legs and i know you all have have mentioned this to some degree too in regards to some of the discord people you know and they're like hey where are the guys you know where where's the you know you kind of have this interesting thing where you got people who are really into bourbon pursuit and you're growing getting people who were really into pursuit spirits but there's only so many there's just you two right and it's like you can't necessarily split yourself in half and and have full attention to both so as as they're probably both scaling in their own ways how are you all you know thinking about that i mean
1: you just call me like two-faced from batman that's what i'm trying to try to be here uh no it's it's good and that's one thing that we've we've discussed at length for a long time it's like does the bourbon brand exist without the podcast or anything like that? And, and, and the, to be fair, the the podcast has been a great marketing engine for it. And to what I believe what you said, Bill, is, is who you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, I remember I responded back. And that's always been one thing that's been very, I've been very adamant about is that we cannot let the podcast of Bourbon Pursuit become a 45-minute sales pitch for United every single week, because that is the easiest way to alienate people and lose our audiences to just be all about us. That that was not the original intention or the mission of the podcast. It was about to share the stories of the industry and kind of be a, a good third party for that. And we're going to continue that mission. That, that That's not going to change. But i I also feel what Ryan had said is that the podcast has become better because we've started this brand. We ask better questions. We know more about the industry than we ever have. That's why we're still able to pivot and become uh, still like crushing the numbers and becoming bigger and better every single week because of learning what we do. And now we can ask questions. We don't go in and ask, oh, tell me about your mash bill. We don't do that crap anymore. Like we ask really good questions about what it's like to build a brand, what it's like to see success. How do you translate that to a lot of different things? And Ryan's gone to Moonshine. You can talk about process. All those different things go into making the show better and better. Now, on the flip side of that, um, we're we're not going to see the brand uh, become a a huge focus as part of the podcast. Now, we're always going to mention a little bit because why not? Right. I mean, that's, it, it is our marketing engine. And I think that's it. We, we still talk to people that listen to the podcast and they go, well, I didn't know you had a brand. We're like, how do you not know at this point? <laughs> I feel like we talk about it enough. Like we go on road shows. We tell you we're going to be. We'll be at liquor stores signing bottles. Like we're not signing bottles in Knob Creek. So if we're going to be there. Hopefully you come for the right reasons. Uh, but I mean, that's one of those things. I think that it's going to be it's going to be a, a good balance as we continue to go here, and we've got a lot of cool things in store for the podcast and for the brand in general, and we'll be able to kind of help see how those two will commingle and and grow together over time because we'll be having some some cool spaces to be able to talk about in the in the in the upcoming months and whatnot. But um, beyond that, it's just one of those things that we are still going to be stewards of the industry. We're going to still sit there and tell the other stories that are going to be coming from other people. But at the same time, we the brand is going to continue to grow. And we want to make sure that we give it a little bit of justification because it is a, it is a, it is a big part of what we do now. I mean, as much as we love doing the podcast, um, we hate to tell you all, there's just not enough money to be made in podcasting world, especially not in bourbon podcasting. So uh, if we want to chase this dream and be in bourbon full time, the bourbon brand is what's going to do it. That's, that's how it has to happen.
2: What we build the podcast, we can't ruin that integrity of that with trying to just promote our brand. And I think they're they're it's funny, we do only talk about it like maybe two minutes a week on this week of bourbon. And A, it's amazing that people, that just shows you that marketing, you have to tell people things like 50,000 times before they even remember you or know your name. And on the flip side, it's amazing how many people will be like, oh, all you do is talk about your brand now. And it's like, it's like, what the hell? You can't please get, it's like, you're always like that in politics. It's all we talk about is bourbon or yeah, our bourbon and politics.
1: Well, that's,
2: that's my fault. They always, seem to think that that's that's no me, but. that's that was a that was a slide joke because some people just uh we, we we talk
1: about a lot of we don't get into politics we 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 barely even scratch the surface sorry i'm that's,
2: tangent no it's but yeah it's uh we don't want to ruin the integrity of pa- the podcast for the sake of our brand i think and they're, they're i think this industry is one of those that we can have both because you know, besides one company, everybody really supports each other. And, uh, you know, I think we'll continue even with our brand and the industry has been very supportive of us and what we're doing. You know, they tell us all the time, they're so proud of us and excited to see us grow as, you know, in this industry. And and our goal too, is to help keep growing this industry as a whole, because it's got, it's what's got us here to this point. And we've been able to follow the, you know, the, the leaders in this industry that have taught us so much and, follow in their footsteps. And so we just want to be good stewards of the industry as well and and keep promoting that as as much as we can.
0: So I guess kind of after all this and after the episode airing that out, after getting some of the feedback and kind of, you know, solidifying, having some time to figure out your all's position on that and then really, you know, just pushing into and forward with that, you know, what it seems logical just to ask, where do you guys go from here?
1: Well, I think we could put the fire extinguishers away. Like that's the first thing because I'm sure that was the first thing that came we we thought all right, let's go ahead put this down let's let's restrategize. but knowing that we had uh, such a, a, an outpouring of, of affirmation and love and thank you everybody that that did send that it's it just goes back to building it from the ground up and doing it the hard way. As much as we didn't want to do it that way, I feel that that's what's going to have to happen. So it's it's just going to be one of those things where it, it takes a it takes a bottle of time to make a believer. I actually did a I did a I did a guided tasting tonight at a, at a local shop here in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's a lot of people that had never actually nobody had ever heard of us before. Uh, nobody had to listen to the podcast. These are just people that were part of uh, an organization, uh, a union that all got together once a quarter just to have a bourbon led tasting. And I started rambling off and going deep and talking about all this other kind of stuff. And at the end, you know, I kind of had to say is like, don't forget on the way out. Um, If you want to support us, please buy a bottle off the shelf because this is how we are able to build this brand. Because you buy a bottle, you take it, you share with a friend, you share the story. And that's what's going to help build this word of mouth marketing is that's just the best way it could possibly happen because if if you go back home and you don't talk about it ever again, well, then that's okay too. At least you gave us a chance and you tried it, but anything that you can do to help just give us a little plug every once in a while or whatever it is, like, like I said, share a bottle with a friend. Like that's the, that's the best way you can do it. I mean, that's kind of the things that we talked about United in general is we want this to be a part of those special moments, whether you're uniting with friends, uniting with family and coming together over a, a special bottle of bourbon. We kind of want that to be, one of those moments. And, and hopefully you can take that and and we can take that from, you know, one person that tries it, that gives it to three people and that person wants to go out and buy it and they try it with three people. And you know, that that, that whole thing continues and the, the snowball goes down the hill and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And that's that's what we need to help build this thing. So thank you everybody out there that's been a supporter and a believer. It's can't thank you
2: enough. Like Kenny said, thanks to everyone that wrote in at it- you know, love languages, words of affirmation. So y'all definitely played in that. But that wasn't the goal. It was just to make sure we're on the right path. And, and it seems like we are. And we just got to hear that from others because got okay, to yeah, get out of that echo chamber. You know, I, I heard a good line last week from someone. I can't remember who I heard it from. It said, people don't always buy the best products. They buy the products they understand the best. Not that we're going to qu- sacrifice the quality of our product. We want to provide the best product possible, but I think we just have to get package it and to deliver in a way that people can understand it better because it is a complicated thing that we're trying to do and tell. So we just kind of have to simplify it and make it resonate with people so it's not such a whiskey nerd uh, conversation that might overwhelm people from the from the gate and confuse them. So... That's that's what I've kind of taken from this. Refining the message getting it better
0: that's what we need to do. Thanks guys again for for diving into this. Thanks for kind of opening up again last week to to get into this. If you all still haven't listened to, back to last week's episode, that you're out of order. Just go back and do that <laughs> yeah. and then come back to this one. This but episode between, makes no sense without it. Absolutely. But but in between podcast at PursuitSpirits.com. We'd still love to hear from you all about that topic, about any follow-up today, or if there's other topics you want to hear on upcoming episodes, podcast at PursuitSpirits.com, and we'll continue the conversation. Guys, thanks again for your time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into another episode. And until next time, we'll see you all later. Toodles. How come Kitty doesn't have a sign-off? I don't have a sign-off. Because
1: I'm usually the one giving the sign-off. That's true.